2: Welcome to this podcast, Start eight six eight seven seven Mark 16. My name is Timitra and I'm in the USS Toronto and I'm joined once again by Jonathan I'm in the USS Mississauga. Yay! And we also have Jaime Lopez, captain of the USS Seattle. How's it going? I'm <laughs> pretty good. Alrighty. Um, So, I guess we'll just dig into some fact check. You got some fact check for us, John? I do. I do have a little bit of
3: fact check. Uh, 206 in last episode, uh, we were discussing how Thor lost his eye, so I just went back and double-checked by watching a little bit of Ragnarok, and yes, he did indeed lose his eye uh, when his sister slashes him across the face uh, with her sword. So, yeah, talked
2: about that. Cool. All right.
3: Uh, Nine minutes in, we were talking about Detective Comics 1000, uh, and you had mentioned you'd seen one on Amazon, so I looked up what that is. So, apparently they're doing a deluxe edition of Detective Comics issue 1000. Uh, it's coming in June, and it contains a bunch of bonus materials, including extra an extra short story and a uh, gallery of covers and stuff like that. So, it's yeah, it's a super hardcover, fancy edition of, of the book that uh, we talked about last week.
2: And, of course, it's available for pre-order now. Of course it is. Yes. Uh,
3: 3330. Uh, we were talking about the, the name of Laurel and Volk's son. Um, I had looked it up last week very quickly before we recorded, and I had it as to TV- Vanek, but it, space.ca listed it as Tanavik.
2: Oh, that's how I spelt it. Tanavik. Okay. Yeah. So all right.
3: Winter. Winter chicken dinner.
2: Woo-hoo. All right. And my my fact check is I was mentioning last week, and I, I got to go back and listen to the or the audio book that was for First Man, which is where I had heard about the popularity of Neil Armstrong's signature. But apparently, yes, in fact, Neil Young. Neil Young. Did I say Neil Young? Just right no. now, you did. Oh, but so Neil Armstrong's signature is in fact the number one sought. to what. Sorry, Neil Young's <laughs> signature. Is Neil Armstrong.
0: Neil
3: Armstrong.
4: I'm sure Neil oh. Young's photo- or autograph is worth quite a lot as well, but <gasps> man, okay, <right. laughs> maybe so not we'll as much as uh, try not try as again. much as Lance okay, Armstrong.
3: <laughs> so Wait, is, are we talking about Lance Armstrong, Neil Young, or Neil Armstrong? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, Who's I was thinking first? about that the other day.
2: All right, enough shenanigans. So, in fact, Neil Armstrong's signature, as I mentioned last week, is... is, It turns out it's actually the most popular, or most sought-out autograph of all, and it's currently valued... Well, this is as of the time of this article, Wikipedia page, whatever it was I was reading. I'll link it in the show notes. Um is worth 7500 and I'm assuming that's U.S. dollars. Um, but I think that the author of the book said it was w- worth more, but I don't actually have a print copy of the book, so I can't really just flip back to the page and, and find that. But it was near the end of the book, so I can probably, you know, zero in on it. But, uh, yeah, that's cool. So, I mean, you would think, like, I guess the question is, who do you think the most valuable signature is? And people would go, oh, the Queen of England or, you know, Lance Armstrong or something, you know. But... No, they'd be wrong. It's Neil Armstrong. Hmm. So there you go. I mean, technically, is the only guy. Like, he's the first guy that went to another planet, you know? Well, technically not a planet, but sure. Yeah, whatever. A, a space orb. Yes. Celestial right. body. Yeah. By the way, your link is broken in your headline. What's your headline with the link, broken link? Uh, which one are you looking at?
4: I'm looking at the first one there. Oh, yeah. This- it doesn't work for me either, and it looks like some sort of session. Like, you were signed into something, and now no, we're getting a bogus you- link.
3: Maybe they took it down. So I will, I'll dive right in. So this is our first headline. So we got a picture that went online earlier today uh, at StarTrek.com that was supposed to be the announcement mm-hmm. of uh, one of the next Star Trek cruises. Apparently, Star Trek does cruises where mm-hmm. you get to go on a cruise with members of the cast. And so it had um, a picture of the actor who is playing Spock, whose name I cannot recall off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I know it off the top of yours. Feel free to jump right in. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. so it's a, it's a picture of him, but it's him... As a uh, shorn uniform wearing Spock. Mm-hmm. So it's our first look at what he would look like more like the, uh, you know, Leonard Nimoy Spock with the blue uniform and the haircut and uh, no beard. And, uh, and now I'm wondering, now that you guys mentioned it, I wonder if that uh, has gone bye bye, if they've taken that down or if that is still up somewhere. But I thought it was kind of cool that the, it's a weird place for us to have gotten the glimpse of that. Uh, it makes me obviously wonder if we're going to see him in that state. It's some point um this season or if that is just something they did as a promotional uh image but it was interesting to see because this year obviously we've been treated to uh fuzzy faced scraggly haired uh you know vaguely uh, vaguely stylish i'll give him credit his his uniforms are quite nice but uh -hmm. but yeah spock has not looked quite as spock-like as we remember he looks a little bit more like what we find him at the beginning of uh of star trek the motion picture all right let me see i've got a story here ah and Update, as of 11.30 a.m. this morning, this image has been removed by the request of CBS.
2: Really? Yeah. Hmm. Was well, Ethan Peck, and there's a picture of him without beard on IMDb.
3: Does he look like, is he wearing a blue uniform, or does he have pointy ears?
2: No, no. I'm sure we could Photoshop it for you. Thanks. Yeah.
3: Well, I'll see somewhere in the uh, universe. We must be able to find a uh, picture of him that has been. Somebody must have screen captured this. There's... Yeah. Okay. Oh, it sure. Right here. I'll got turn it. On Reddit. You got it? Yeah. It's on Reddit. Of course, it's on Reddit. Thank you, Reddit. Been taken down at the behest of CBS, but they haven't gotten to them yet. So here we mm-hmm. go. Right, there
4: you go. Oh, I did see this on Twitter and I didn't realize it was an official pick.
3: So, yeah, this was up on, on uh, online this morning on StarTrek.com. And, of course, you know, a few different blogs that I frequent uh it jumped on it and it was making its way around the socials because this is the first look we've had at, at Ethan Peck looking like the Spock we all remember. Uh mm. particularly I like the cruise ship with the nacelles too. That's a nice uh a nice look. Yeah. Its is the name of the ship of is on? the Explorer of the Seas. Do you not feel a little disappointed that this cruise ship isn't named Enterprise?
2: No, yeah, I kind yeah. of am. I kind of am. Well, here's another picture of him. Let me let me let me grab this picture. Uh, oh, I think maybe somebody must no somebody must have photoshopped this one. Yeah, that's what it is. Never mind. <laughs> it's a fake
4: yeah
3: so uh the bottom line on this is that cbs has clearly taken this down but it does seem like uh if you'd like to star trek fans go on a cruise with ethan peck uh apparently that's going to be up on offer soon so guys cruise no
4: if they've got the cruise ship with the big old warp engines on it i mean (laughs) it'd be worth it just for the selfies if nothing else
3: (laughs) yeah i I would i would just go to a port to take a picture with that yeah so we're starting to get a a few more little uh little teasers for uh avengers endgame so we got a, a clip that it was on good morning america at the end of last week or beginning of this week i guess that was uh, a, a sort of a full scene clearly looks like it's from somewhere early in the film but it's of uh, uh captain marvel brie larson uh meeting with some of the surviving avengers and basically they're asking her why she you know where the heck she was during all this chaos when you know new york got invaded and where you know uh the snapping happened and she said you know earth isn't the only planet in the galaxy uh, you know so very matter-of-factly so we get a, a a little bit of a background on the fact that she's, you know, clearly she's making her hay as a hero, just not necessarily where they are. though.
2: Right, yeah, and, and they don't have Avengers, she said.
3: Yeah, and all the other planets don't have Avengers, exactly. And uh, we also got a couple other clips. I don't know if you guys have seen the other commercials that we've got. There's one that's got uh, Captain America doing a little sort of monologue, TV commercial style one, and there's another one I just saw tonight it was during the Star Trek episode. there it had another commercial that was uh, another 30-second spot with uh, Thanos doing a voiceover about, you know, I beat you you once, I'll beat you again, basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it seems like we're getting just a little bit more more to chew on as we get closer and closer. Obviously, we're only a couple weeks away now, so uh, yeah, it's more tastes. What did, what did you guys make of this scene?
2: Uh, it was interesting. I mean, you know, probably a little bit too much exposition. Was it, this was like a, somebody must have been on the show and, and they had a clip or something like that? Was that what it was? On Good Morning America?
3: Well, I believe Good Morning America is on ABC, and ABC is owned by Disney, and Disney owns Marvel, so I think it was uh, we can show you a scene from the movie that no else can't.
2: Right. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, you know, sometimes they have like a, a, a one of the one of the stars on the show and they have a clip with them in it. But yeah, this this one seemed to feature, like you said, it fe- featured the most of the surviving Avengers that we know of, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. It, it kind of it closes off the scene where Thor, you know, grabs a hammer right by her head and she doesn't flinch, you know?
4: Yeah. Oh, I like this mm. one. Yeah. Hmm? yeah. He says, I, I like this one. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, he he does. does. He does. All right. Uh, next up, uh, a little bit of
3: more disney plus news so we got two new show announcements this week uh the first one was that we're going to get a monsters inc revival at uh disney plus and that is going to actually feature uh, billy crystal and john goodman from the original film and it's going to be called monsters at work and uh yeah it sort of continues the the story of uh of uh mike and sully yeah so that's kind of cool um can't say that i was expecting that but but definitely especially if if it's done at, like, Pixar-level quality animation, that's that's pretty neat.
2: But well, wasn't the Monsters University or whatever it was, wasn't that sort of... Well, Monsters monster... University was a prequel. Yeah, but wasn't it sort of not that popular with the, mon- with the fans of Monsters, Inc.? No, I think they were all a little disappointed
3: that it went backwards and not
2: forwards. Oh, I see, right. Yeah. And
3: exactly. the other thing we got news of, which was a, another big surprise, was that there's going to be another Marvel series added to Disney+, and it's Hawkeye. Uh, Jeremy Renner oh, really? is signed on hmm. to star in... A Disney Plus series based on Hawkeye. So some time for arrow going away. Yeah, some of this got to <laughs> be clearly going to be a bow and arrow on TV somewhere. But yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a surprise, and and you know, there's there's talk that maybe it's going to follow some of the storylines from his comic arc, where uh, there is actually um, him training or working with another with a young woman who also is an archer, who you know may or may not uh, fill his role down the line. So um, it'd be interesting to see where they go with that. And I, I must admit. It's kind of surprising to see that, that that's another series that they went to. We, of course, got news they were going to do the, the Scarlet Witch. They're going to do Loki. They're doing a uh, Balkan and Winter Soldier series. So this is the fourth different Marvel, straight from the movie theaters, characters uh, TV series for Disney+. Plus. They are really
4: stacking the deck here. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a lot in... Spoilers for Avengers Endgame, but when you realize that it's not just Ant-Man, but in combination with Hawkeye threading the needle to deliver... Into the right spot. I'm sure that's how Avengers Endgame ends. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're holding fast on that theory, then. Yeah. I mean, my my addition is is Hawkeye is doing like a uh, like their own fastball special that Wolverine and Colossus do. Yeah. You know, yeah. tiny and with arrows.
3: Yeah. Well, they did that in uh, Civil War, right? Civil did War. They? Yeah. in Civil War. Ant Man climbs on board the Arrow, and uh, and um, Hawkeye shoots him into the air, and that's how he gets up inside of Iron Man's armor.
4: Oh yeah, that's oh. right. That's right. Yeah,
3: because yeah, he fires the arrow and Ant-Man uh, is on the tip of the arrow and then he ends up inside Ant-Man's suit and he starts unplugging things and talking to him, right? Mm, yeah. So yeah, again, just uh, a little bit more more kindling for the fire here. Um, do you guys want to jump ahead and talk about some of the other Disney Plus stuff? Or do you want to do you want to get yeah, to that? Yeah,
2: well, and- we can stay on Disney for for a bit
4: because we obviously
2: have uh, I've posted something and Jaime's posted something as well. So yeah, yeah. Why do you jump? In yeah, with that the stuff?
4: news came out fast and furious on this, so I'm glad you guys picked up links as well because I definitely didn't see like half of this. What's the news? Well, D- Disney talked a whole lot about Disney Plus. Um, one thing is they are rolling it out on November 12th for. per month. US. US. um, Undercutting Netflix, right? Right, right. And you can get it cheaper. So instead of like, what is it, like $83? Per year, uh, at the monthly price, you can get it um, by all of a year at once at sixty nine ninety nine US per year, and it'll be, mm-hmm. of course, in you know, your smart devices. And uh, I don't know if it's this article or another one, they talked about the fact that they're pretty sure they're going to likely bundle Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu in some sort of cheaper package uh, yes, that would the be. the article you know, had up there before. Yeah, getting all of those uh, separately. So,
3: of course, two of see. those services aren't available here in Canada, <laughs> which course, yeah. which kind of <laughs> makes you wonder: Is Disney Plus? going to roll out worldwide or is it going to roll out U.S. first?
4: I was going to ask you because I didn't see anything about I mean, soft in the U.S. Right?
3: I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it's Disney, so of course it's going to be a global thing eventually, but I don't know if they're going to start off small and then get bigger or if they're going to do... Yeah, I, I haven't seen any intention about what where they're gonna, which markets they're gonna go to, and what they're gonna do.
2: Well, interesting. I, I, there must have been a keynote or something today because um, uh, some guy named Robert Iger, Bob Iger, um, yeah, yeah, Bob Iger, he uh, he tweeted out today a picture. Thrilled to share a first look at Disney Plus with you, and it's got like a very. I, I, it looks a lot like a this TV app that runs on the TV on some sort of fruit company's device. Um, that you know, in the in the big banner across the top, they got the Mandalorian. You know, and then we've got dis- different sec- sections like uh, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. And then, of course, below that, they've got you know Captain Marvel movies, Snow White, Coco, you know, Star Wars itself, and Free Solo. So it's just a screenshot of, of what uh, the Disney Plus interface will look like on whatever device it runs on. Do we do we even know what devices it'll run on? Like, will there be an Apple app or? It's I don't know. I mean, it would be hard to imagine that they wouldn't have functionality through.
3: Any number of devices: iOS Any. plus, Android plus, you know the Samsung TVs and smart apps and stuff like that on on televisions, right. uh, pl- PlayStation,
4: Xbox. Yeah, smart TVs, web browsers, tablets, mobile devices, game consoles. Right, right. Okay. Uh, streaming services also secured deals with Roku and Sony for availability on their respective platforms. So, yeah. Don't we uh, don't
2: know somebody who worked on uh, the app, Jaime?
4: For Disney Plus? Yeah, our little friend there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, I think so. Is this this app? Maybe. I'd have to, have to go back and look and see. It might have been Movies Anywhere. Movies Anywhere, that's what it was. Yeah, it's not um, the same thing, I guess, right? No, it's it's a little different. And it's also worth pointing out that Disney is ending its vault program uh, Everything coming respect. out of the vault or staying in forever so it depends how you think of the vault so the normal thing of like oh you want Cinderella guess what I hope you bought it between these two weeks in 1997 because otherwise it's not coming out for another 15 years um, they're gonna stop doing that and instead all of that stuff will be available on Disney plus that's what I was getting at the fact that you know it's going before it goes back into the vault you know it's in a, it's an apartment in vault that you can very easily dip into but at the you know if you really really want want to watch cinderella you can just pay nine or 6.99 that one month and then never watch it again and then come back you know 20 years later and, and watch it you can, you can you can recreate the vault experience if you really wanted to
2: right so it's like those vaults at the place where i work with big big giant metal doors that really don't do anything anymore right 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 all right okay let's so listen back to the uh back to your announcement from the amc crowd john
3: oh uh, this one bummed me out so uh we got news this week too that creature is going to end uh the amc series is going to have its fourth. Season and then call it a game. So Seth uh, Rogan, who's one of the executive producers, announced this week that uh, on social media that that uh, it's been a fun ride and, and they're going to go out with this. Um, I don't know if you guys have been watching. I've been watching. It is uh, it's pretty gross and pretty over the top. It is not exactly true. But pretty close as far as the tone of the the comic book series on which it's based. Um, but for anybody who's read that series and then followed along with the show, they're a long way off from where this story went and continued into, um, you know, it was... uh, Yeah, it it felt like they could have easily carried this on if, uh, obviously, you know, ratings and expenses and whatever else merited it. It could have probably gone on for several more seasons. So it makes me worry that, you know, obviously this was not, you know, well-regarded or or making enough money for them or whatever other reasons they would have for canceling it, but it's clearly, it's, they're giving them one last season, but it sounds
2: like a cancellation. Sure, I guess, yeah. I, I only watched, I watched a, a few episodes at the very beginning, and then I haven't, I haven't been meaning to go back and watch it again, but uh, I guess once it comes onto some sort of streaming device, I can watch it again, right? So. Yeah.
4: Did you watch it, Jaime? I did not, but apparently I can binge through it once it becomes fully available. And which which channel or what, would you watch that on? I don't know. I don't know if it's been announced who, who would have the entire thing. i yeah. assume Netflix or Amazon would probably end up having it. Yeah,
3: yeah Netflix, in Canada anyways, Netflix was carrying a lot of... They've got the Walking Dead series and stuff like that, so maybe it'll pop up there, but... Um... Yeah, again, it's it's a fantastic comic book. If anybody has the time to to make for reading that, it's uh, it's one of those ones where it's probably lessened its impact over the course of time because it's pretty graphically violent and uh, language and subject matter and everything else. Uh, but when you factor in the fact that this was a twenty year old book uh, for when the time it came out, it was you know breaking some pretty crazy ground as far as its uh, you know its explicitness um, and the the TV series kind of meandered through its first season i think it picked up a lot in the second and third seasons um but yeah there it was a 60 issue series in the comic Mm. books and they they are probably 20 issues in or so as far as covering that storyline so yeah it's unfortunate that it's gonna end so soon All right. So speaking of The Walking Dead. And yes, speaking of The Walking Dead, more AMC news. So we've got our uh, official confirmation. We talked about this a few episodes ago that they were talking about developing a third Walking Dead series. Sure enough, Walking Dead, The Next Generation. So they're going to do a uh, third spinoff centered around... uh, It's going to be
2: called Walking Dead Survivor. Is that what they're they're calling it? I don't know. Or Survivor Walking Dead or whatever. I don't know. I'm I'm just, you know, like that. Vote them off the island. It's gotten to the point where I've I've actually stopped. I've turned off my PVR. I'm not watching the walking dead anymore i'm i'm officially tired of the walking dead
3: yeah i I mean i give up before this season began I, i may at some point go back and watch it when it does end up on a streaming service but um as far as the sort of weekly grind of it i just yeah i'm the same way but anyway this series is going to apparently focus on um an unseen pocket of the zombie apocalypse. Uh, the expectation is that it's set in a bit of a future and it's going to feature two young female protagonists and focus on the first generation to come of age in the apocalypse as we know it. So, uh, so
2: Judith will be one of the characters.
3: Well, I mean, that's, I think where everybody's mind immediately goes is it's going to go to Rick Grimes, daughter, Judith, whether or not it will, or whether it's even going to be set in the same sort of, you know, uh, Georgia, Virginia, wherever it is they are now in in the series. Um, um that neck of the woods or if it's going to be somewhere completely different they haven't said but uh yeah apparently it's being slated uh to begin production this summer and it's going to debut next year so, all
4: right i mean you sound too excited calm down buddy <laughs> i haven't uh, really gotten that much into the walking dead and i've never seen fear the walking dead so it's hard for me to well really this is your chance in. you can jump right in on board just right at the beginning is watch um Two Broke Girls <laughs> cast. That's <right. laughs> the star in The Walking Two Dead. Broke
2: girls, yeah. <laughs> Vernon and Shirley. Yeah, really? Yeah, Shamil Shamazzle. And Star Wars? Star, star
3: Wars, Wars. So we got a teaser this star week. Star Wars, Wars. Star
2: yeah. Wars. There's, uh, yeah, there was a teaser this week,
3: and this was an interesting one. So uh, they released an image um, that there is going to be a new EA Star Wars video game called uh, Jedi Fallen Order. And uh, we haven't gotten. Isn't that the well, I guess that's the question. Um, we haven't got any details on this. It's supposed to be coming, forthcoming this uh, soon, I guess. Um, but yeah, they've released this teaser video and an, and an image, basically, sort of showing this. Uh, you know that it's coming. You now, obviously, EA's had a sort of um what's what's the polite way to put this they've had some interesting experiences putting out video games through star wars the last few years uh battlefront and battlefront 2 were both uh, uh well loved and also well hated by the audiences they had the issue with their microtransactions that people were quite off put by i think we talked about that uh last year um so yeah apparently they're going to unveil this thing as part of the um Star Wars Celebration, which is this weekend in Chicago. So, they're going to be streaming this live, if you feel so inclined. It's going to be at 1.30pm Central Time. Uh, on uh, You can watch along on their Star Wars YouTube channel or StarWars.com. Apparently, we'll be streaming this, so you can... Oh, and it's going to be on Twitch as well, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and the other thing that I found was uh, so the Apollo 11 documentary that uh, Tim and I have been gushing about for several episodes, mm-hmm. uh, they've officially announced when it's coming out on Blu-ray. It's coming out in may if you want to it's not quite the same as going and seeing it at imax obviously but uh yeah if you want to own a copy of apollo 11 the documentary
2: uh with the newfound footage it's coming out on may 14th and the picture that's on the cover is the only picture that shows neil armstrong oh, sorry the only photograph that shows neil armstrong on the moon the reflection it's, yes it's actually yeah he's taking a picture of buzz alderman who's the subject of the picture but you can if in the, the shiny gold uh lined uh, helmet cover face visor i guess Yes. Yep. You can see Neil Armstrong standing there. Yeah. Yep. Dutifully taking a picture. He's a good man, Buzz. Yeah. No, Neil. Neil's a good man. Oh, right. He was the first man. He was the first one. Yeah. Don't tell
4: Buzz that, though. He's still annoyed by it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, Javi, you, you're you up. Yeah, this is a really quick one because we don't have much detail, but if you like choose-your-own-adventure-style stuff like Black Mirror Bandersnatch, and we mentioned the fact that uh, You vs. Wild was coming out from Netflix, uh, YouTube is throwing its hat in the ring as well. And it's also going to be coming up with its own original content based around choose-your-own-adventure-style uh, films, I guess. Call them that. That's, Interactive yeah.
2: movies. That, it's kind of inevitable, I think. You know, everybody's going to jump on this bandwagon. Um, didn't we review uh, a, an app once that was a Choose Your Own Adventure app? I think you brought that one up, actually,
4: Jaime. On, um, oh, did I? More just right. code. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've forgotten. Yeah, it was a while back. All right, so moving on. Yeah, the next thing we have is a teaser for the animated Adams Family film that stars uh, Oscar Isaac and Charlize Theron as the voices of Gomez and Morticia, respectively. And apparently the style of the, uh, the characters is based on the original single-panel cartoons that were published in the New Yorker hmm. yeah so it's kind of a very very different sort of style uh, th- this particular uh, Ars Technica post takes a very <laughs> negative tone on it which I don't 100% get I mean I don't know that the preview teaser here sort of you know, knocked my socks off but I also don't know that it really falls into a uh, reboot fatigue sort of thing cool
3: yeah I'm, I, I don't know I mean it could be interesting it has been, probably been long enough since the films and the, certainly since the show that you, you could introduce this to an all new audience although so when it comes in the same world like I don't know who they're targeting when it comes in the same world where we already had uh, what's the name of the uh, Hotel Transylvania right. series of films mm-hmm. have been on the last you know I think they made three of them and they've been on around for the last sort of six or seven years I think kids will immediately be like oh it's like Hotel Transylvania which is obviously pretty funny but um, mm-hmm. yeah that that was immediately where I was like if it's for kids they're going to be like oh it's a rip off of Hotel
2: Transylvania um, wait does thing have Hand, have eyes in this picture? No? You don't know who the thing is? Uh, I'm looking at which picture the, the main one with the family standing for the portrait. I th- Lord think Lord that, Lord that is a wrist the watch. Huh? Yeah, I think it's a watch. Oh, he's got an a Apple wrist watch. watch. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it,
4: it does look like an Apple watch. All right. oh,
2: he's, up to, he's up to date now, I
4: guess.
2: Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I often wondered like, uh, like you know, of course the Addams Family is from, I think even before my generation but, because um, we had the Munsters and we had the Addams Family and they were sort of similar types to shows and yep. I'm not sure. We have to check and see. but maybe fact check for which one came first and which one inspired the other. 1964, it says here, right? Yeah. It's well, 19, for the live
4: 1938
2: was
3: the cartoon, right? Sorry. 1938
2: was when the Adams Family cartoon. There was a cartoon first. Well, so it was, the a, was a comic strip, it was a, comic strip in, New New in the in the New Yorker oh. in the 1930s. See, I didn't, I didn't, I did not know that. Well, mm-hmm. so obviously the Adams Family came. So, so, I guess it's oh, okay. So it's like a franchise that's been around forever, and they're just you know
4: kicking it out again. Yeah. 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 But you do raise yeah. a good. Point. So, since everything has to be a cinematic universe nowadays, I really hope there's a stinger at the tail end of this movie that teases the Munsters as the next huh? film. Uh, yeah, are they owned oh, by the same
3: be? sort of properties? Or I don't think so. I don't think so.
2: Yeah. I, think so. yeah. Mm, I have no idea. Of course, the Munsters had one color movie at one point, too.
4: Yeah, but they haven't gotten the same sort of revival bonanza over the decades as. Uh, Did they, the have have they family. not done a re- redo movie? No, I guess they haven't, right? I'm trying to think of the most recent Munsters. Didn't in
3: they there. do when the. They did one on TV, didn't they do like 10
2: Mockingbird Lane
3: or something?
2: Mm, maybe I'm just looking at the Monsters page right now, but I know they did they did a Monsters movie cuz I was I was a huge Monsters fan when I was a kid. More than the Adams family actually. That was my that was my jam.
3: Yeah, they they both were sort of a little bit circulating on on TV
2: when I was a kid, but I can't yeah. say either of them really looped me in. What was it? Uh... The mother the mothers were more or less the same, right? So Yeah. Originally aired on Thursday nights on CBS, sixty-four to sixty
3: six. Yeah, it's funny for another one. It's another one of those shows that um, didn't last very long but had a lasting impact, right? Yeah,
2: it was it was replaced by Batman, ABC's Batman, though so, mm-hmm. yeah, because mm-hmm. Batman was in color. Oh here we
3: go. So so the one I was thinking about called Mockingbird yeah, 2012. Lane was yeah. t- twenty twelve CBS uh, reimagining of the Munsters. So there right. you go. This is the Munsters, not the Adams Family. Jerry O'Connell was in that one. Mm-hmm. Eddie. Ezzard as well. Mm-hmm. And Portia Del Rossi. Clearly made an impression. Did either of you even watch this once?
4: I, I know. No, I, I had no idea. See, it's because they, they went all cutesy. I mean, you're going to try to do a Cloverfield universe sort of thing and go yeah. with 10 Mockingbird Lane. Like, it, that would be hard to remember um, if you weren't explicitly in the Munster sort of uh, mood. It Jerry con as Herman Munster?
2: Seriously?
3: Yeah. It says they aired one pilot episode. It was oh. viewed by five and a half million American viewers and was not picked up as a series. So so it
2: aired one episode. Oh, hmm. it's amazing that you remembered that. Well, it's a tragedy, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right speaking of tragedies detective pikachu yeah i
4: mean if you're if you're going to see the first film in the detective pikachu cinematic universe um you should be aware that you're probably going to want to go see it on opening weekend because they're going to be handing out exclusive detective pikachu trading cards that you can only get while supplies last they're limited edition
2: interesting and and, isn't that the whole point of pikachu in the first place pokemon in general playing the card game or or playing on your game boy too the card well the cards and the cards come first
3: i don't know did the the cards the trailers or the games come first i truly don't know
4: i mean in the united states the first time they became noticeable when they imported it was the video game but that's not to say that there wasn't some other media prior to that because I, I really don't know
3: hmm. have uh have you gentlemen
2: seen the new pokemon trailer the you mean the, this, this one here is it this one here with um is um, it the, is it the one where they're Ed doing cool the casting playing pikachu
3: mm, it's the one the casting calls one where they've basically got all the different pokemon auditioning oh no i haven't seen that one it is in the tradition of this series so far, these the trailers for this show, it's eerie. Is that the one that we just saw at the beginning of Shazam? Uh, no, it's not. It's a, it's a different one. It's basically got a bunch of the Pokemon basically one by one, like auditioning for their jobs and showing you like all the different weird Pokemon that are going to be in the movie. Right. Uh, but the whole thing is set to uh, Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. <laughs> and uh, they're all like turning to the camera Dramatically and growling and stuff. It's it, this. It, I just don't get it. I, maybe right. I'm just not a Pokemon guy, but this whole thing is weird. Yeah, I've never gotten po-
2: Pokemon at all. So yeah. Meanwhile, I mean,
4: meanwhile, as Jaime goes online to look for movie
2: <laughs> tickets, <laughs> right?
4: Um, I, I played the original game. Um, it's certainly been around for like the last twenty years plus, probably, and it's still still going strong. Um, they've got the new. Is it Pokemon Sword and Shield? I think are the new. Version that are going to be coming out for mm-hmm. the Nintendo Switch um, in the next year or so, probably. So it, it will continue. And, and Pokemon Go, uh, it's not as uh, huge a fad as it once was, but you still see people playing. Not yeah, huge crowds that are you know disturbing traffic or anything anymore, but there are still uh, millions of dollars to be made on that property. And
3: they, they did put out two other games for uh, Switch already, right? They did the Let's Go ones that were uh, was sort of the first, sort of not exactly the same, but sort of Pokemon-esque Pokemon games.
4: Yeah sort of like training wheels something halfway in between pokemon go and the traditional uh game boy style games mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right cool Right. well my my
2: pick here is or my my headline here is i discovered this after this afternoon i was poking around we were talking about i think uh yeah the, as this show comes out which usually, usually on the sunday will be the night that i believe uh game of thrones comes back on the air is that not correct correct that's the, what, the 13th or 14th of April? Um, yeah, so apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently Bram um, Stark sucks. Uh, a lot of people don't like this character. Well, and yeah, it, uh, yeah. And some people sort of said, like, you know, of course, if you name um, name a character after the worst cereal, breakfast cereal possible. That could be one reason why. Um, the other one, I think, was some funny parts here. Um, yeah. Oh, the one, the one, one theory that's out there is that Bram Stark is actually the the what do you call him, the Ice King, or the Night King? The, yeah. Night King. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's that's been a speculative theory for for a while that maybe
2: he is that or that he. Uh, um... Yeah, there's, there's all kinds of different things. Well, they do they do have that that um, Ray versus, um, what's the name of um, the dark guy in uh, Star Wars now? Kylo Ren? Kylo Ren, yeah. You know the Kylo Ren um, uh, Rey FaceTime talks that they have? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he sort of has that with the the Night King, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, they, they seem to be sort of aware of one another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, there was a big blowback against the character of Bran on the TV show, the TV show version, uh, because because he's sort of become dehumanized over the last couple of seasons as he's become mm-hmm. the, the three-eyed raven right a- and particularly his treatment of Mira the the young woman who kept him basically kept him alive right yeah, um, yeah, yeah. he was pretty unconscionably cold to her uh, as she was like dragging him on a sled to his to keep him alive um,
2: she he was kind of a jerk to her in the last season so I think a lot of people were like "Screw that guy right right well we'll we'll see but so this leads into the, you know, the dawning of uh, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. which we'll turn to shortly after Star Trek goes into hiatus soon, right?
3: Yeah, well, we're going to get, uh, so next week we'll be able to talk about the final episode of this season of Discovery and the first episode of Game of Thrones in one big, awesome bundle.
2: Well, before we get into that, I just hope that they don't have another one of these cliffhanger and end, cliffhanger endings for the last three episodes where you went, what now? Yeah. Because they've been sort of, they got to figure out how to do a proper proper cliffhanger those guys. Yes. Speaking From of which- spoilers,
4: for, spoilers for the end of the season, I'm fairly certain it's going to end on pretty serious cliffhanger because I think they know that there's going to be a season three, so they don't have to Oh, right. Like, you look at season one, yes, it wraps up sort of a little too fast than we wanted, and we talked about that uh, many moons ago, but I can I can see that it had sort of a, okay, that's a natural break in the story, right? This whole arc is done, and oh, look, here's a, a semi-teaser for next season. Come watch the Enterprise. You didn't really have to come back for season two if you didn't want to. You could still feel satisfied, but I'm, I'm going to bet dollars to donuts. This season is going to end on a, well, we'll see you back next year sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Well, speaking of which, it is time for Jaime to give us the parting is such sweet sorrow recap i don't know how they figured that we didn't figure that one out from what the title um yeah so why don't you dig in there harmy
4: yeah so we have season two episode 13 such sweet sorrow which begins with Seric on a yoga retreat <laughs> uh, that will become a little bit important towards the end of the episode but he's um he's out there meditating and he sort of comes to a realization and then we have um this whole uh, ticking clock going on situation for the discovery crew where they really desperately need to get rid of the sphere data which means getting rid of the discovery itself because they can't purge it from the systems and by the way section 31's whole armada uh under control by uh, uh the nanite powered um leland and company uh they're all coming there and they're you know mess things up for them so the decision is made to all right let's go ahead and, and abandon ship over to the enterprise so they mm-hmm. they dock and they they send a whole bunch of crew over and they're like all right we've got this thing on remote auto detonate uh, detonate and it's like oh oh it failed oh well you know wi-fi is like that sometimes so all right <laughs> get the torpedoes ready just just blow it up to begin with you know yeah, but before you it. jump
2: over they did they did do the gratuitous shots of the enterprise and the, the theme song and and of course the dawning of the enterprise bridge they had a big exposition on that right
4: oh yeah I mean it, it looked beautiful on like the the new reimagining of the mm-hmm. the, the high def enterprise bridge is great it's it's like it's definitely in that uh, disco style but they've kept the the touches pretty much the same right very similar to like the uniforms that even uh, uh, Rebecca Romaine is wearing as number one and, and it spoilers the rest of the episode eventually Pike as he takes over control of the Enterprise again um, mm-hmm. that you know yellow uniform for command but like it's sort of like a take a discovery suit paint it whatever department color you have and then update it a little bit to look more like the 60s style right. very, very groovy sort of thing mm-hmm. um, and prior to this this abandoning of ship uh, Burnham is checking out the, the time crystal and touches it and goes all timey wimey As you guys like to say, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) she sees all sorts of weird, confusing, uh, that seem to be like, previews of what's what's to come uh mm-hmm. some bad bad updates um and as i mentioned the torpedoes were unable to destroy the discovery because the sphere data has protected itself and turns on the uh, the shields on discovery so they're like oh what the hell's going on here burnham again goes timey-wimey and this time is like way worse because like she sees like uh this future where there's like torpedoes stuck in the enterprise hull and people are being murdered by uh by leland who has uh, uh infiltrated and starts shooting everybody on the bridge yeah. That's a of the budget of discovery, though, right? Yes, on the discovery, um, which I think leads into their uh, discovery needing to go back to the future. And they say, all right, maybe we can use this technology, this time crystal net thing we have, and we can somehow fling discovery into the future where uh, Dr. Burnham, the mother, is, and see if they can just keep this out of control's hands and, and not let the future come to pass. Yeah,
2: she so kind of goes, when she goes timey-wimey, she sees all this destruction, and then, and then she actually ends up kind of like before uh, Pike even orders the torpedo to be fired, right? So yep. She kind of is able to see, having touched the crystal, I would assume, have, is now able to see what one potential outcome would be, right? So she stops them from shooting the, the um, torpedoes?
4: Uh, she stops them from continuing to do so. I mean, I, I guess they could have eventually destroyed the discovery if they just unloaded no, the entire... No, they didn't fire one because they, they just jumped back in
2: time, If I the way I saw it, right? Yeah, what I didn't know if she fight. was
3: telling them to stop because they'd done two, and she knew that it was not going to do any good or if she was just or if she traveled back and then they hadn't done it
2: yet. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I kind of got oh, the impression okay. that she went all timey by me and saw what would, would happen and, and kind of in a, had an advanced preview kind of thing, right?
4: Oh, okay. That that, that cut didn't uh, jump out at me, but that actually, what you say, makes sense in that it would make it easier for them to get back to the Discovery if it didn't have its shields up from a, a right, sphere yeah, data, yeah. you know, protecting all things. So, yeah, that, okay, that makes sense. I'll have to rewatch that and see, but it's good that you picked up on that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there was one comment, too, that, um, Uh, When number one
2: says, and this is really important because I'm always, always, you know, questioning how could I have all this advanced technology now, you know, and then not, and then Kirk and Spock in in the original series not know about it. Like there's sort of that, like how are they rewriting the future? And um, number one says, we'll have no more holographic progressions. And then she says, she waits a second, and then she says, ever. So it's kind of like Starfleet has banned the use of holographic uh, projections in, in messages.
3: So. Yeah, I, they had said that at one point when when the episode where she had shown up previously, she had mentioned you know uh, that they were in the process of getting rid of those things because Pike hated them, right? And because
2: they couldn't trust them now that now that Control was around, right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I mean carry on.
4: No, that's really good. And I, I also think at some point before the end of Discovery's um, total run, they'll probably do the same thing with the Spore Drive, right? We've yep, sure, yeah, mentioned that they oh they'll, they'll they'll cover that up at some point. It's like well you know we're cut off from from the Spore. Uh, Mycelium network, or we've we've blown up the discovery, and we deleted all the data plans. You know that sort of thing. Um, Oh, so they have this big uh, conference room meeting where sort of the theme is, you know, what are we going to do? And you know, gosh darn it, you know, Space Romney uh, Captain Pike is he's got faith of the heart, and he's like, I believe that there's a there's a, a greater calling here with these seven signals. So we're we're going to go out to this fifth signal that has appeared, and we're going to see what's going on, and, and and see how this is helping us along our our greater mission. And uh, this is where the sort of crews. Split up, so uh, sort of a skeleton crew on Discovery is going to immediately uh, spore drive their way over there, spore jump their way there, and the Enterprise will take like an hour or something like that to to arrive at normal warp. Um, and during this sort of a uh, you know prepping for you know for battle and everything, as everybody needs to do, they're either going to put put guns on the space shuttles and stuff, on the shuttle craft and everything. Uh, we have a conscious uncoupling moment between Stamets and uh, Doctor Culber, where they're like very awkwardly uh, trying to figure out. Where they go or don't go, or their relationship, and uh, as, as it turns out, it looks like Stamets is going to stop doing the Starship thing for a while. Maybe settle in a star base or something, and or space station. And Culber says, "Yeah, after this is all done, he's moving over to the Enterprise."
2: Yeah, I kind of got the impression he was coming to say, to sort of. Do you think he was coming to say goodbye or coming to settle up? What do you think, Jonathan? You're the author; you would know. Uh, uh,
3: my inclination was when he first showed up, he was going to come and tell Paul that he was leaving, and it was going to be hard oh. for him. That's why he hesitated. Right. But then when Paul was saying, you know, actually, you know, I've been thinking about it and, you know this is best for both of us, I think then, then the two of them can sort of both express themselves. Obviously, the relationship is sort of fundamentally broken, but I, I think even now, I think, uh, you know, Hugh's definitely feeling like, you know, he may not feel the way he felt before, but he knows that Paul loves him, and, and so there is a really sweet moment between the two of them um, as they both sort of realize that, you know, th- it's not going to happen again, and that they are going to go their separate ways.
2: Sure, and before we go move on to dessert, um, there was a comment there that Spock made to Michael Burnham in talking to her Saying that you, in fact, you did send the signals or some of the signals from the future because now that now that the mother is gone, how are they seeing this next signal? And, and Spock concludes that, you know, that uh, the scans that they had done that sort of pointed towards Michael Burnham in the first place, he, he concludes that she did, in fact, send these future signals
4: to them. Mm-hmm. The, okay, two, I mean. the two Burnham theory pays off. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, in my show notes, I have the Puponi ice cream which is Spumoni. Yeah. Spumoni yeah. yeah. It's a reference to Spumoni and, um, and Poe, the shorter name. Cause I am Me not going to cause a fact Hika check. Halle Kai oh, good job. I did not write it down. I was like, all right, Tim for go the go win, po, which is what, what, uh, Tilly calls the, the queen, which is, you know, if you're checking off on your list of, was it worth it for watching these short treks? They absolutely did tie them into the season so far. Mm-hmm. So far mm-hmm. we've had Saru's tie in. We've had, uh, in this episode, we have the, uh, Tilly short trick tie in. We're reasonably certain that it's heading towards the uh, Calypso craft tie in for the future discovery stuff. And the only one we haven't done so far is Harry Mudd.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and who knows mm. what's going on with that?
4: I mean, it was still an enjoyable episode. You'll still watch it standalone. But if he somehow ends up being involved in this thing, I would not be surprised. Even, yeah, even if it doesn't end up being the same thing in that thing, he does not. But, you know, so far, I mean, it could be just three out of four. The short trick might might even tie in not to this season it might very well tie into season three if you oh. assume it, you know that they already knew they're going to have one uh
3: or it could tie into the 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 emperor Giorgio series or it could tie into a second because they're doing a second season of short treks this summer too so you never know where that'll pay for it or it could have just been a really funny awesome little short
4: trek mm. yeah um but they they got brought to this planet where or tilly knows the the queen who was the the brilliant engineer who they even mentioned this on this episode that oh yeah she figured out how to recrystallize dilithium and uh, for understandable reasons she doesn't want to tell anybody how to do it because it's sort of politically unstable to throw in this sort of like hey free energy sort of thing uh, uh, into the mix Uh, but she does trust Tilly especially when she comes bearing ice cream so they Mm -hmm. they send out a signal they bring her on board they sort of explain the situation and they're like all right we've uh, we've got this thing that we can do we can take our whole batch of stuff we have and MacGyver our way to a solution here so we can build a replica suit of uh, from the planet plans that, uh, that they got from section 31 control stuff, and they will power the crystal with uh, dark energy from the dark matter that they have and possibly something else. There were like three different things they said for that, and they went really fast.
2: I think they melt down a, a Jeffrey's tube or whatever they call them in this show, because she said they could get the metal oh. or whatever from the tube that they would cut down or whatever.
4: Oh, for the, the suit, the polymer yeah, type yeah, suit thing they yeah. needed? Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so that's the plan. It's going to be like, let's, let's send Burnham to the future in the suit, w- open up in a wormhole that they can have the discovery on autopilot follow her and then uh initially they say oh yeah well then she can just leave it and, and come back and then they realize oh no this is this is actually a one-way trip she's, she's not coming back here this is uh this is sort of her destiny to do this so this kind of leads into my next two show notes where we have uh, the family ties moment where uh sarek and amanda just show up out of nowhere They're yeah. Like, what the hell how, how did you even get to know we were here like um, control cut off the subspace relay so it's just ship to ship communication we can't even get out to starfleet and get they
2: help they
4: did. That's why the uh, the yoga retreat I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, that's where that came into play. So there's um, right. some good moments here, some preparation of goodbyes and sort of setting the stage for um, reconciliation to some degree with between Spock and Sarek and say, oh, look, I'm going to keep my distance the way my son you know, wants me to keep distance. And I'm sorry for everything that happened uh, for your sacrifices, Amanda. I know I'm a challenging person to be with. And then uh, we also have a, another moment of a goodbye for Pike, right? He's no longer the, the interim captain. Of discovery, and he's going to head back and recaptain the Enterprise. And so they give a little moment where everybody, you know, sort of I'd, I'd say salute, but they actually don't salute. It's more like giving uh, attention and sort of a moment to, to recognize his, his place. Yeah, he's got to go back to the Enterprise
2: and melty face the future, right? Yeah, it's going to have a warp core breach or something, <laughs> right? Right.
4: Uh, and speaking of multi multi faces stuff, my next note is about the cage. So they've got this cage-like structure that they've uh, constructed around the time crystal, so that it's not in the sort of open air environment and it doesn't cause weird random things to happen to people and have them see the future but uh they're they're running out of time it's like uh this thing is not being you know the battery is not being filled up fast enough um what sort of solutions do we have and it's stamets tilly and uh, jet reno dignitaro's character talking about like how the hell are we gonna do this i don't know here's all these different options oh all these options suck and jet reno says all right i'll do it you two get the hell out of here make sure nobody comes into the door i'm gonna open this thing up and we're gonna let the juice flow regardless of uh, how things go. And, and, and it does go timey wine for, for her, right? She also sees the, the terrible, bad future but stuff. She sees the same
2: sequence of events that, that um, Michael Burnham saw. saw, yeah. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's
4: see. Um, oh, uh, as Pike is, is heading off, and he and Tyler are uh, heading over with uh, George O over to the uh, transporter room, and I guess people are kind of going their separate ways. And Ash is like, bro, I hope you trust me because uh, I, I need to go do this thing. <laughs> I'm going to have to go this other direction for a little bit to, to help things out. And Pike's like, all right, um, cool. And just as they're being beamed out, Giorgio's like, by the way, I'm a Terran from your Mirror Universe. And Pike sort of winks is like, what Mirror Universe? Right? So he, he, he knows. He knows what's up. Yeah.
2: But they don't tell Spock and Kirk later on when they end up in the Mirror Universe. No, that would be too easy. Yeah.
4: <laughs> they were all very private people back then. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have
2: the internet back then on Star Trek. That's right, right, right. Those little so they, floppy disks they had to use, right?
3: Hmm. The the only other thing in there, Jaime, was that uh, the so the, they had that sort of moment where the because uh, Burnham is basically planning on going back by herself, and then she just is uh, sort of planning on going out the door until he stops her, and then they walk her into the hallway, and there's a, about ten of them that have decided to stay behind too. So they're going to man the Discovery uh, into the future with her, right? So that's true.
4: That's true. And they do all which their explains uh,
2: why Kirk does know about the spore drive because the discovery ends up in the future yeah am i the only one that wants them to
3: go into the future and like be there for the entire next season yeah that's kind of sort of what i was thinking i was kind of wondering that right that would be so much more interesting than the prequel stuff that we're at i mean if you think about it they basically isolated all the name brand people we know from the show are all still on the ship they're about spock that's true spock is the weird one but you got to wonder if at some point they won't be like spock save yourself and then you know yeah they really could go and have an adventure in the future, like That's Voyager. True. Well, I guess I mean Voyager was you know other side of the galaxy. this, this is you
2: know same, same kind a thousand of years lost, in the future, you know, exactly. Lost you know far away from the air, from star Starfleet, right? right. Yeah, I, I, I guess there's Starfleet in the future though. So
3: I would be ecstatic if that was the case for this show. If it was that they're lost in the far future of the Star Trek universe, that would be so lost much more interesting in than the, the retro stuff for me. That's true. Yeah.
4: So they're they're gearing up for battle, and we end with. Uh, commander Saru on the hot seat as the uh as he says you know they they can worry about captaincy uh later and figuring out who that is but uh at the very least he is the ranking officer on discovery so he is taking command of the discovery for this battle that we will see next time
2: yeah and again this is where i sort of went the the ending just kind of went what that's it you know yeah yeah like last week it was like what that's it like it's no sort of like somebody hanging off a cliff or the you know tied to the railroad tracks and the trains barreling down on them at the moment you know
4: but wait what more do you want though because they they they're right now surrounded by section 31's armada so
2: how did how did um yeah i don't don't know i don't i don't get the sense that that's a really really big threat like think about think about the locutus episode part one right like i remember that being a cliffhanger right i can't remember exactly what happens but i remember thinking okay now what you know and you guys all had to wait like a whole you know summer to to see the next piece and you were all like you know it's like the who shot jr moment you know like i I don't know i I, they, they did this at the end of the first Season they saw sort of, they all ended up surrounded by Klingon ships if I'm not mistaken or something like that right so it kind of it's I don't know it's just, it's not it's not you know I don't know I always know they're going to solve their problems in 40 minutes on this show it's not like I'm really worried about them you know and you know and again like we said before we know that Pike and Spock are going to survive right because yeah. they have to
3: yeah everybody else is up for grabs I, I did have this vibe in the farewell between uh Stamets and Culber that Stamets has got I don't want to be on the show for a long term written on- all over him.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> like Cass
3: leaving uh, like Cass leaving um, Voyager, right? I have to go off into space now because I'm a lame
4: character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how they will wrap things up with regard to the Spore Drive, but I do think that um, Stamets, removing Stamets from the equation in one way or another, whether he is left behind in the future or he has to, you know, kill himself or something so that he can't be uh, tortured into becoming, you know, the, the driver of the Spore Drive anymore like they they definitely have to cut that off at some point so that it doesn't become uh, a plot point for the future of like well why didn't voyager just you know pull up the planes from the archives and yeah have at it sort of thing yeah
3: cook up some some batch of mushrooms and get going there has to be some Mm -hmm. sort of
4: secession plan for somebody like 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 they couldn't
2: possibly have this amazing drive that will only work with one guy right they have to have to
4: figure out what makes him tick and make other people right yeah right they do have some opportunities right and that's where i sort of think the the cutting off access to the mycelial network in some way comes into play because they they certainly they have the plans right like you can you know copy the hard drives all you want make sure you have redundant copies they definitely have access to the spores because they didn't seem to be especially um unique it wasn't like oh they can only live on the discovery and the sort of next obstacle is all right well they needed to do that genetic uh, modification and engineering sort of thing to stamets right the legal thing that like you know Starfleets like yo this is not cool that we don't allow this or the Federation says we don't allow this. Um that's the sort of thing where I think you would bend the rules if you really had to. And that's where I sort of think that the finality of like, oh yep, nope, we're definitely cutting off the um things from the mycelial network in some sort of way, shape or form so that it's never usable again sort of thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah no I think stamets is gonna have uh he has he has martyr written all over him at this point. <laughs> right Yeah I, again it was a bridge it was a bridge episode stuff Stuff happened, but really it was table setting.
2: Yeah, there was. I mean, there was a whole section in the middle where they were all reading their dear John letters to their families. You know that. Uh, you know, um, and who writes a letter and then reads it out loud? You know, but uh, well, right, I think they they're recording do, they do their faces, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: they're recording their faces, right? They're all looking into their devices. Okay, yeah. I think okay, the idea that, is they're that. they're capturing themselves so that they can oh, send they're, that.
2: They're doing selfie videos. Okay. I get
3: yeah, it, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But yeah, but again, nice. Also, again, we're getting a little more each week. We talked about this before. That, you know we're, we're finally starting to flesh out this crew a little bit we're not just getting the focus on you know sort of the five core key members of the of the cast we're also getting a little bit more with the you know the sort of stand off to the side players from the uh, the bridge crew and stuff like that you know we're getting Detmer and we're getting Oyo and we're getting uh, you know a little bit more was it Bryce and Reese and you know a little, little bit more of a fleshed out crew and obviously they've been you know handpicked to be on this uh, you're all going to the future together other mission here, so uh. yeah. so
2: I have a question so the the before the show debuted, there was this discussion about it won 't be about the captain as as other Star Treks are sort of about, right. And it would be about this first this first officer burnham i mean and th- so that continues to be the sort of case in that every single episode kind of centers around her so that i mean you know like if Seneca martin green decided to leave the show at this point they'd, they'd kind of be screwed because they've built this whole th- this franchise around her in a sense right well I she see ha- i'm sure way? she has a contract for multiple years but do you not see it that way that, that this is how it, it keeps playing out or yeah i would say like what it's, spock was saying it's always it, about you
3: it, it's funny though i mean if you look back at all the series they all sort of had you know what we expected to be the central focus like i got the vibe that when if you go back and watch you know encounter at farpoint for for the debut of tng uh it's riker it's the riker show right oh really okay you, Did think? you do you not think that, that like while well, they set it up like he's joining the team he's it's all about him meeting the different crew members and him and then he runs into his ex-girlfriend and it it's a very much more it you get the vibe that it's riker centric but i think quickly you know people a didn't like him that much or find him particularly compelling and then it became a little more yeah well i think it became a little more ensemble, and then i think uh you know people really started to take to picard as a character and so patrick stewart sort of rose and you know it it certainly was an ensemble through the whole thing but i think people took i think more interest in in brent spiner's work as data and as you know michael Dorn as wharf and and you know it seemed to focus the most interesting episodes were about Data Wharf and Picard far yeah. far more so than the other characters. That's or, true. I don't. know, Do you guys
2: disagree? Or well, no, but, I mean, yeah. but in this in this show, I mean, you know, we've had other than the shorts with Tilly and you know the few sections where she's had conversations with Burnham directly. Um, you know, we've had we've had a little bit of Saru in, in that one episode. You know, anytime anytime a character uh, has a sort of show centered around them, like even even Ariam, it turns out that that character is advanced. Michael Burnham's future. Yeah, right. That's yeah. what I mean.
3: Yeah, no, you're right. It, this this series, especially if you go sort of back through the whole breadth of the thing through first season as well, because that was sort of about her, you know, fall from grace and redemption story, right? And this one has a right. been about her, you know, the reconnecting her past and her future. Um, yeah, you're right. It's it's a very much centered around Seniqwa martin Green and, and Michael Burnham.
2: Yeah, and, and if the Emperor was truly this kick-ass, you know, like person who could take over an entire empire thus the name emperor um why when she comes to this this universe is she so you know protective of michael burnham and affectionate toward michael burnham because she knows she's not her actual daughter
3: yeah yeah but then you know again i think that's supposed to point to a a different side of her personality that we haven't got a chance to get in touch with yet the emperor because she clearly does the way that she talks
2: to you know burnham there is something there yeah it's very much a mentory mentor kind of thing right well
3: it's, it's mother-daughter right like it, it but, does yeah, have a mother-daughter yeah. feel because in in her world you know burnham was her daughter before she was uh, groomed and seduced away from her by Lorca, right mm, i suppose okay yeah.
4: yeah and she does have a soft side that they've hinted at like when she you know briefly breaks character when she's looking at the baby and um i think it's Ash who looks back at her and then she like snaps back into her cold mode right when she mm-hmm. gets noticed and then of course she's got the like well here's an option why don't we just create a supernova <laughs> and they're yeah. like what it'll kill a whole bunch of people i was like yes oh, well <laughs> yes <laughs> it care? will <laughs> there are
2: no- No bad ideas, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's a bad one. So, what
4: baby were we talking about? I don't remember that scene. That was was, Tavanic, yeah, right. When he's on the Section Thirty-One ship, when they're like taking him to Boroth, I think. Oh, Tavanic. Did I get it wrong again? Damn it. The accent mark is going to be hard because we've only seen his name in like one one episode. Yeah, re-showings.
2: Well, last week we 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 we, I wrote it down, and Jonathan sort of agreed to read it wrong because yeah, I looked it up. The tongue better.
3: Yeah, I looked it up on a. That did a fast recap, and they had
2: it down as as Tavanic, not Tanavic. It's Tanavic. Well, I use I use the subtitles on the TV, right? So mm. um, that's why I get the spellings, and, and that's how I got. Uh, okay, spoiler. That's how I got uh, Poe's name. You know?
3: Yeah, I, I caught Poe's name. I, I was actually funny because I wrote down that she was the queen of Zahia, and then I had written that down phonetically. But then at one yeah. point they were standing on the bridge, and you could see the spelling on the yes. the, yeah. the logo behind them. I was like, great, thanks for that. So Zahia with an X. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we
2: now know that um, the Emperor who doesn't like ice cream. Yeah. So
3: the one thing that was unclear on at the end of these episodes, so they do make a quick reference to the fact that is, is Poe had decided she's staying on board, right? Yeah, yeah. So she is there. Yeah. So that's, again, I think if we're looking forward to, you know, this not all resolving in a nice, neat bow, um, yeah, this could be an interesting mix for next season if it's, you know, we're lost in time or lost in space or whatever it is. Well, we're also
2: keeping we're also keeping Nahn on the ship, too.
3: Yeah, so we got a new character there and she's been you know she's had some interesting wrinkles it'd be good to get to know her a little bit better but she's been an interesting character and then yeah and then adding pose so a couple of new uh you know strong and interesting characters and um yeah again i'm 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 kind of intrigued and again of course we've written pike out of this out of the story now too so you know like mm-hmm. as you say i think the real sort of wrinkle is spock right how do they get spock off the ship so that they can go into season three or, yeah, or does of, spock go of, with them and have an adventure that we just didn't know about
2: yeah i was kind of wondering too if if, they, if, you know, um, Pike isn't going to have that warp core meltdown like in maybe even the next episode during the war because, uh, or during the battle, because, you know, because that would resolve his ending up in the chair kind of thing, right?
3: It's true, although you'd think that if Spock knew that, he would have done something about it sooner than later, which comes in... How the, would Spock the, know the, about it? Well, the, I guess, again, that's the question. Does, does that happen after the, if they jump into the future? Oh, no, no, that's then...
2: true, because they have the
3: menagerie episode where... where... Yeah, that's, that's where Spock feels the responsibility to get him to the planet and yeah so well, mind
2: you it's already happened too because because vina came and visited him during this this season right Hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and spock didn't have a beard there Indeed,
3: I, I will say, for the record, so we talked about this uh, maybe two or three episodes ago. We knew that Anson Mount was not coming back. and We knew Ro- right. Rebecca Romaine was not coming back because that had been announced. There has been nothing that said that Spock is not coming back. Right, right. That Ethan Peck isn't coming back. Right. That has never been out there that, that he is absolutely not coming back for season three. It is conceivable that he is going to stay aboard or continue with them into season three. That is not well, off the foil. table to to michael burnham right like well again i think people like having the connection right like it's obviously it's a very strong connection to old trek and it's also he i think ethan peck's done a nice job of being that character uh the beard's got to go but yeah
2: yeah so but but i mean that that sort of brother sister banter that they have back and forth to the you know he kind of he kind of reveals things about burnham that that is convenient because we get to get to reveal it really quickly without you know a lot of questioning like how would you possibly know that you know Mm -hmm. Hmm. As, as you know, only a sibling would know, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, one
3: episode uh, to go. Very exciting.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: And did you guys get the preview over there? Did it show over there? Uh, no, no, I didn't go looking for it yet. Okay. Uh, well, when it does come up, it'll have a quick preview of, you know, things go shooty shoot and boom, boom. And uh, Michael is going to step through the looking glass. Yeah. So they definitely showed a preview of that. Cool. Um, so we'll see. But the, we've seen the fifth signal. So we have two signals left to go in one 45 minute to hour, maybe hour and a half episode left right which is why i'm strongly thinking that this will end on a very serious cliffhanger and it's like we'll see you in season three Mm -hmm.
3: yeah i guess the other question is will they like are those signals signals that they are going to come back and it's all going to wrap up or is that that it's you know open-ended yeah it'll be interesting to see how they play it out
2: either way i'm in right okay let's jump on down to the uh jump
4: on down to the watch list Woo, watch list yay watch list. that actually looks like uh jonathan has a couple items on here oh Oh. yeah
3: yeah i I, again i don't know if want we'll to talk about that so the back to Borath thing that i flagged here so we didn't talk about it this last week tim and obviously jaime was uh, was scalavanting around the uh, united kingdom so mm. uh but there was a little bit of a kerfuffle about the fact that they um they were on Borath, and Borath had made a previous exp- uh, uh, uh appearance on star trek and it was in the next generation episode rightful air when Worf goes to Borath to reconnect with his klingon spirituality okay um and so the monks reveal that that that's the one where Kalas they had cloned Kalas, right mm-hmm. um but people were online saying well there was no time crystals there was no weird things happening with time when he was there and what the heck's up with this and now that doesn't make sense and they've messed with the timeline mm-hmm. um so the writers uh defended themselves this week and basically said you know the reason why uh they told site Cy- this is uh, an article on it's on comicbook.com they also it was on sci-fi um they have basically said the reason they never talked about the time crystals being on Boreth is because it really didn't have anything to do with Worf's storyline so they were there it's just they didn't need to be introduced as a thing there so they touched back on this monastery because it's something familiar but then people were like jumping all down their throats saying well hey how come you went there and you didn't mention that the, you know this is where those time crystals are when we went into the future now you're messing with things well clearly they had and anyways So you guys satisfied with that one? Jaime, you, are there's,
4: there's two different things. So we've established that Worf is like also a very private character. So maybe he was in there, you know, licking and poking and snorting up the time (laughs) crystals for all we know. Right. Like he, he's definitely a a Spock style. Like I won't tell you things unless I really have to sort of thing. Uh, That's one option to, to reconcile. And the other thing is maybe he just wasn't, you know, cool enough or, you know, he didn't have the right membership to get in that spot. And it's like the real world. World. I want to say it's Disneyland or Disney World where like only very special guests can stay at like Cinderella or Aurora's um like the castle that you see at the park. There's like an actual apartment hotel sort of thing there. I've never stayed there. I think nobody on this show would be able to stay there. I think it's for like super special guests of Disney, right? And and Worf was not on the list. He didn't have the magic pass to get him up there. <laughs> well, you
2: have to get across that
4: bridge too, the, the balrog Bridge, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So like poor Wharf, you know, he got to just hang out by the pool and I know hit himself with pain sticks or something you know he, he still had an adventure he had fun as far as it goes for him but he he did not get involved in the time crystal uh shenanigans he, he didn't watch himself uh, uh you know get
3: older and younger and older and younger over the course of the afternoon right uh and the other things i flagged here so i don't know if you guys had a chance to watch the twilight zone uh first episode yet
4: two episodes two yeah, episodes. first two premieres there's one yeah. that came out last night the, the well, no, episode, it was a, a two watched. hour
2: it was a two hour preview on City, Jonathan. We missed the second episode. If you go on to, oh. if you have, a, it's. A, I think it's on Crave. Yeah, it's on, yeah, I it on it's Crave. On now, yeah. I watched it on Crave. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys right. think? It was trippy. I don't know.
4: Yeah. I, the, so I saw the first two episodes. Uh, the number one, uh, the comedian with Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, you might know him. Uh, fans of the show might know him from Silicon Valley. Is probably his most predominant thing. Or the Big Sick, the the pretty good movie. Oh, yeah, well, good thing. There was also Nightmare at Thirty Thousand Feet with Adam Scott from. What is he like from SNL or something? What is he? Adam Park and, and, and Rec. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think they were both, you know, pretty good episodes. I, I wasn't like necessarily wowed by them, um, but it, this is an anthology type of, of series. So um, people who have watched Black Mirror will know the very first episode ever of Black Mirror is not the best episode to start with. So I will give this, you know, more episodes to see how I feel about it. Well, they
2: were good quality, and and the the terror at Thirty Thousand Feet or whatever you called it is a remake of the William Shatner episode of the. original. Original start Star Twilight Zone, right with yep. uh, oh, oh, on these the things wing. on the plane. Yeah, um, that was a. This was a much longer, drawn out um, version. Uh, in some ways, it was good. Some ways, it was you know, I don't, I don't know. if It was predictable in some parts. Oh, you haven't seen the second one yet, Jonathan, right? No, but I'm, I've seen that original half a dozen yeah, times. This is, this, you'll, you'll find it's quite different. You, there's, the, tie, the tie-in is at the very end, but it's not. It's unrelated to the actual story. But uh, mm-hmm. right. So you're talking about Nightmare at twenty thousand feet. Yeah, and this is yeah. Nightmare at thirty thousand feet right yeah because planes
4: didn't go as high back then i guess <laughs> they they, yeah. they did not
2: <laughs> yeah. oh you would know this too wouldn't you honey
4: yeah it, it certainly has i don't think it's changed by ten thousand feet but uh, they can go higher and faster and more comfortably right, because um, of
2: pressurization right
4: yeah they've gotten better with the structures and everything so right right there's, there's a lot there but but yeah you're right it, it it's it's not exactly a uh like a shot for shot remake of no, that so you can't go into it expecting that but it does does uh sort of tie into to the original there's definitely yeah. a little uh little tip of the hat yeah they, they would have yeah i was gonna i was gonna say they would have put the guy
2: in handcuffs a lot earlier than than they ever do in this show so are you guys uh gonna stay up on this one are you gonna watch it every week yeah i think so yeah yeah
4: yeah, I mean I didn't want to start out uh you know my earlier comments weren't to like imply it's bad, but I also wasn't like holy smokes, like holy stop the presses everybody go watch sort of thing. Um I thought it was pretty good and if I'm being honest I'm like I'm paying my 5.99 a month anyway so yeah. I yeah. might as well watch as much as I can while there's still discovery to watch.
2: Yeah, so when I was in grade school, um the, the this was our, you know, our guilty pleasure. We kind of, you know, our parents didn't really know what it was about and we used to watch it and get freaked out. And I still remember being freaked out by one particular episode which I've never seen again i should go back and see it again but yeah we used to watch this you know all the time so for me it's a kind of it's kind of a you know it, it's i like this remake it's not i'm not uh not opposed to it so you yeah, okay. know interesting cool. do you think it holds up against i mean black mirror has done an excellent job of picking up the legacy black mirror is a whole nother ball of wax compared to this show i think i think black black mirrors takes it takes it there it's much higher level so far i mean this has not quite come up to black black mirror quality in terms of wtf-ness you know
4: yeah yeah I think it's a tonal difference. So I think uh, these episodes so far definitely fit with the sort of traditional Twilight Zone tone and and maybe even a little bit like The Outer Limits tone. Black Mirror is sort of aggressively cynical (laughs) as it takes. It's very dark. I'm trying to think of like a happy or or not crappy outcome in any of the Black Mirror episodes.
2: So, I mean, uh, Twilight Zone to me is more like Pulp Fiction used to be. I don't know if you ever read Pulp Fiction. You you might have Jonathan, but, you know, sort of... the, you know, based on, I'm, and I'm talking about, you know, having been written in the 50s and 60s, that kind of style of, you know, science fiction thinking that went into storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of stretched your, your understanding of, of reality and, you know, time and space and all that kind of stuff in in sort of a more literal, liter, literary way, I guess, right? And that's, this is sort of where that fits and this show fits. And I think also the fact that it's on City TV at like, you know, 9 p.m. or whatever it's on, it's it's, you know, pretty close to the the unsafe zone for, for, you know, not safe for, for nighttime viewing kind of stuff that, that the HBOs and the Netflixes get away with. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, uh, you think back as we talked about the first, the first episode
3: of black mirror, you could, yeah, that's
2: you, yeah. that, the black. first episode of black mirror. I, I tell people to skip that one. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah. You know, it's so weird because it came true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> only it's not the president. It's us. um uh, receiving it the, So uh, if we
3: get ready to jump on the next thing. So, uh, uh, Tim, you and I went and saw Shazam last we weekend. Yes, took number we one fan and went and saw it in uh, Screen X.
4: Oh, yeah. Screen X. That's something we got to talk about for sure. We, we went and
3: saw it in Screen X. Hi,
4: Mary. Are you familiar with Screen X? No, I don't know if we have this brand over here. So I'd have to see what it translates to in American. So Screen in X uh,
3: is basically you go into the movie theater and uh, you're facing a large, as you would, square screen, and then uh, the walls of the theater are side walls. The side sidewall. walls are white, and it shows you a 270 degree view of the picture for certain scenes in the movie. So, so and
2: it's it's. Just- it's projected. It's not like 100%. It's not filmed. I don't think it's filmed at the time, but it, they've gone back in and done these digital renderings of of what would be in your peripheral
4: vision if you were in a 3D space. Mm, okay. Okay. So it, it adds some immersion factor. Yeah. There.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, I think I'm I, sorry to steal your thunder, John. No, you but jump in, man. Go. Yeah, no. They, they actually had a preview movie. The preview movie, which they sort of show where they introduce the technology, is was actually more successful, in my opinion, than the actual movie itself. But there's one scene where... The, you're looking at planets, you know, in close proximity with each other. And because of the peripheral um, vision added to the to the show, as you're looking at these planets, you almost get you get the impression that you're looking at a 3D object. Mm-hmm. It's very trippy that way, right? And, and even in the movie when they did use it, because they don't use it in the whole movie, but in the scenes where they did, it was actually quite helpful in terms of giving you the illusion. that It was like looking at 3D, like a 3D movie without 3D glasses on. It was really cool. Yeah, there was
3: a couple scenes that were, I think, better than... And others there was yeah. um, there was one scene where they did a 360 camera mm-hmm. move where uh, you know there's a character and they're in this very ornate cave and they are sort of panning through the room and as they do the 360 it shifts 360 around the movie theater um, that was a particularly interesting effect and there were a few, few scenes fight scenes and different things uh, as you would in a superhero movie where yeah you just you get that little bit extra so as you know characters might be having a fight scene on the screen, you can see things like debris flying by on the sides and stuff. So yeah, it is. It's almost it is. It's like 3D without the glasses. It's got an effect. Now, where we were sitting might have been just a scotch too close. So maybe we'd be better two rows further back. Mm, yeah.
2: um, but I don't know. I don't know. Having well, I mean, if you if you think about it, you don't really. You're not really. You can't really focus in on your peripheral vision, but you are. Your brain is aware that there's there's objects there, right? And that gives you the mm. other than the two 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 ocular vision that we live with every day. It gives you that. Sort of impression that so it, it is successful in in that sense. It's not not a hundred percent successful, but it is very convincing. Yeah,
3: yeah. I don't know that uh, I would go out of my way to see a movie this way. If I if no. I was given my choice between uh, IMAX, uh, I, AVX, this, or standard theater, yeah, I'm not probably sure even. where it would rank. I don't know. What do you do? You have any thoughts?
2: Well, I think IMAX 3D is probably the most immersive one, and I've you know I've seen a few movies like I saw Gravity in IMAX 3D, mm-hmm. and I was sitting like in second second or. Third row from the back, right? So you you were you had quite a bit of you know distance from the actual projector or screen, but mm-hmm. um, I, I I didn't mind how close we were sitting. To be honest with you, I was actually nope. pleasantly surprised. And well,
3: it, it did feel very immersive because it really was. Yeah. It filled your full frontal and peripheral vision. There was nothing. I think if you were mm-hmm. back a little further, you might get a sense of the scope of how they how it all looks, but you would probably lose that immersion. So yeah, we were. Yeah, so probably about 10 rows up from the front of the screen mm-hmm. to give you a perspective jaime
4: yeah i'm looking up online some pictures okay i see what you guys are talking about and there is a screen x not that far really away from me so i'll have to see if i can check that out and it, see what uh, movies they have it was in. it
3: was the same price more or less to go see the movie that way we had looked we talked about seeing shazam last weekend and uh you know we sort of figured out well maybe we'll see it here maybe we'll see it there the imax uh screenings it was the first weekend we're obviously uh, sold out and it's not going to be an imax for very long because obviously it's going right. to get bumped out of the theater uh pretty quickly as a matter of fact it might even be bumped out by this weekend because hellboy is opening um right. so uh yeah we sort of looked at the the imax and was like oh no that there's nothing no good seats there and then i noticed that they had these and i thought well you know what we'll we'll kill two birds with one stone we'll do shazam and we'll try this this technology out so um as far as the movie itself goes i i thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was fun, yeah, fun. really yeah. fun. I I, I I may assume you haven't had a chance to see that
4: yet. I have not. And I'm looking at the box office and it's doing pretty good. So production budget was a hundred million. And so far, uh, including domestic and foreign, it has grossed 193, almost 194 million. So yeah, well and it's, in that its is way it's way a, a great movie. The,
2: the box office is like, I, like it actually is. It's not, you know, it's not Avengers style. Great. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's entertaining. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit adolescent in some scenes, but then it needs to be because of the, the subject matter. Um, And there was like several guffaw moments and the entire audience was guffawing at the same time, right? So uh, it was was pretty funny. I've I've been telling a few people people about, like without giving too many spoilers away, about the scene where they they decide that the, the, it's basically two 15 year old kids and or 13 year old kids and they get they, they get this power to, to this buff body as Jonathan put it and you know they get to be ha- act like adults and they decide well let's go get some beer yeah right mm-hmm, and so he so mm-hmm. he he walks in and he says I'd like to have some of your finest beer and and of course and then it, it, while they're in the convenience store it's, it gets robbed and and the the the, young, the kid that's not sh- uh, not Captain Marvel or whatever or Shazam, his yeah. call him that by the way yeah kind of kind of does the head thing and, and he goes oh you mean I should go help? And so he runs over, and they start shooting at him. And they shoot him once, and he he keels over as if he's been shot. And then he realizes the bullet just bounced off him. And they're like, the two kids are like, "Do it again! Do it again!" <laughs> right? So they start the two criminals start firing, you know, rapid firing at, at uh, Shazam's chest, right? And then uh, then the, the younger kid, the other kid, says, "Hey, wait a minute! They shot you in in the, in the suit. What if they shoot you in the face?" Yeah. <laughs> And the whole audience goes no, <laughs> but sure enough, bulletproof yeah. face,
3: bulletproof face. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh again, it's that's the tone of the film. Again, we won't spoil any more for for Jaime or anybody else, but it it's got a real like it is the the selling the, the elevator pitch of this movie is it's Tom Hanks big with superheroes and capes like it's yeah. it's yeah. what is a what does a you know a teen tween boy do if he ends up with the powers of Superman um, and you know uh, what's his name. Zach um uh, who's the star Zach what's his name from, yeah, from, I, until from you
2: that. I mean it's it's kind of like um it's it's like uh, uh you know the the beginning of Spider-Man where he starts to discover he has these superpowers right and he does all the goofy stuff like he don't, goes and wrestles with people and you know he tries to run up and down buildings and stuff like that when he when he first gets them, you know it's like that for the whole movie yeah like the whole movie right. all the right. way through it the, the kid who turns into or uses the word Shazam to turn into yeah. Um he uh, he's like amazed by the whole thing all the way through, right? Yeah. Zachary Levi, that's the guy I was Zachary, of. Zachary, Zachary Levi. Levi yeah. Um
3: yeah, he was great. And they, they, everybody seemed to be enjoying themselves, had a really good time. Um, you know, Mark Strong is the bad guy. He was the bad guy in uh, Kick Ass, I think as well. Yeah. Um he's you know, he's great, leans but he's you know, every sort of stereotype of a villain, but a great one. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, I I would highly recommend it. It is not it is the ant man of uh, if you're looking That's for true. an analogy, yeah. it, it's fun and it's funny and it's it's just... It's 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 a, it's a joyous kind of movie. It's just... It's 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 a lot of fun and um, there's a lot of heart to it. It's got a real sort of family kind of thing to it. It's about, you know, a lot of, you know, complex feelings and stuff in there as well, but they don't beat you over the head with any of it. It's not too much superhero-y. It's not too much character It's not too sweet. It's not too funny. It's a, it's a really good balance. And again, it's not going to do the kind of bank that you know we see from yep. an Aquaman or a, or a Wonder Woman, it, it wasn't going to be that. In the same way that you can expect Ant Man to make the money that Avengers did, right? But yeah. but it's it's well worth a watch. I think it's going to do very well uh, on second weekend movies. based on word yep. of mouth, especially because on uh, uh,
2: Netflix, yeah, for sure.
3: Well, no, if just the second weekend in the theater, like that's always the test: is how much does it oh, go okay. down? Right. But uh, the only competition that's really up against this weekend is the debut of of the new Hellboy reboot. And that is getting at who? online. Is it really? Oh okay. Uh I think it's at eleven percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now.
2: Well I'm gonna I'm gonna really shock people and especially the listeners of this show. I'm gonna say that you know Shazam is better than Pacific Rim. <laughs> I mean
4: <laughs> I I haven't even seen Shazam but I would probably guess that too. But and you mentioned it on MTJC as well. I'm like, you know, longtime fans of this show will know that there's a very there's like a niche. There's like a there's like a, a, a time for Pacific Rim and it's not at like eleven PM on Sunday when you're watching it on TBS or something. No, no, no. The time to watch Pacific Rim is when it's in the theater and you can go and watch giant robots punch big monsters in the face and you just turn off your brain. Don't think about taxes. Don't think about work. Don't think (laughs) about walking the dog. Just eat your popcorn, drink your soda. And watch the kaiju
3: and the robots beat the tar out of each other.
4: Exactly. Exactly. The movie Stealth with um, uh, Josh Lucas probably and Jamie Foxx and uh, I See Her Face but her her name is escaping me. Um. Well, we'll fact check. Oh, that Jessica one. Biel.
3: Um, Jessica Biel. Yes. yes.
4: Thank you, yes. Jessica Biel. Stealth? Uh, Stealth. That was the one with the autonomous plane, the fighter jet yes. that like yeah. you know goes oh, rogue, okay. and they have yeah, to like yeah, chase yeah. it down, green like beans and stuff. Yeah. Like that movie is definitely not as good when you're not watching it in the theater for the same sort of like right. Go watch stuff blow up popcorn movie.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you will be happy to know Jaime they showed the uh, Godzilla King of Monsters trailer before Shazam uh, on that great uh, the big screen and everything. Oh. It, that is exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> that movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, they showed the the full trailer with uh Millie Bobby Brown and the and the monsters and stuff and oh my god, that looks like such a great big screen movie. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, it definitely definitely should be called Godzilla Collateral Damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. All right. So I went and saw Don Quixote the man who killed Don Quixote yesterday after waiting thirty years for this movie to come out, or at least for Terry Gilliam waited thirty years for it to come out. Um <laughs> It's it's funny. I mean, it's it's a typical Terry Gilliam movie where you know you know, you kind of want to watch it a few times to sort of get all of the sort of things that go on. But I mean, suffice to say, it's it's a story about a um, a director making a commercial with Don Quixote as a character, and it's based on a film he did as a student. So there's, so there's flashing back and forth to um, different parts of, of the the film, the way it's and of course typical typical Terry Gilliam stole, told in a sort of really frenetic kind of way when he was a student he discovered a, a shoemaker played by uh, our hero, I've forgotten his name now um, Adam Driver? He, no, Adam Driver is the director. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, um, what's the guy from Brazil? Uh, he's in a lot of Terry Gilliam movies. Anyway, um, it'll come back to me in a second. But so he's he's a he's a, a cobbler basically, and but he's got the look that that Adam Driver as a student wants to have, and so he convinces him to become Don Don Quixote for this this uh, student film that he makes, and it basically kind of the the actor the cobbler becomes obsessed with this character, and so. He he discovers that, you know, 30, 20 years later or 10 years later, the man's still th- running around the the, the the world on a horse thinking he's Don Quixote and tilting at windmills, right? Mm. Um, but so the story's told, it's told in, like I said, Terry Gilliam kind of style where he tells some of it, it's in present day, some of it flashes back to the making of the movie, some of it flashes back to the movie that he made. Um, and then there's the whole, like, series scenes where it's all 17th century uh, Spain, right? So, like, it's filmed in modern day, like today. But there are scenes where, you like, he turns a corner and all of a sudden there's, like, people dressed in 17th century garb. And you have to kind of watch it for a few seconds to realize, is he in a dream sequence now? Or is this a bunch of people doing pantomime or, you know, costume ball kind of stuff? So, there's all kinds of different metaphors that happen throughout the whole sort of series. Like, so you never really can tell when you land in a scene whether it's really happening or in somebody's mind. So it's it's an interesting telling. I mean, it, I I don't know if it's his best movie per se, but it is quite entertaining. So, uh, Jonathan Price, Jonathan Price, I think was the name your Jonathan Price, yes, thank for. you. Yes, yeah, real time follow up. If he, if you're, you know, if you're familiar with, and it 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 plays on the actual Don Quixote story. If you know anything about that story, that you know, he saw windmills as giants, and he would he would you know charge at them with his lance and mm-hmm. get caught up in the in the the veins, right? So. That happens quite a bit in the movie, but yeah. So it's, it's uh, interesting. And I think they actually do show the original, the original, original Dog to movie at some points too as well.
3: So would you recommend this one as a, uh, obviously theater is pretty limited. It was only on for
2: like two days. Uh, yeah, one day, one day only, I think, right? Uh, actually, well, so here's the surprising thing. Look, like I said, when I saw Zero Theorem two years ago, when it came out, I went, I went and paid, made a pilgrimage to a city, a theater here in Toronto when it was playing for one night. Um, they were like, you know, maybe 30 or 40 people in, in the theater. Um, um, this, this theater was sold out and it was so, they had sold so many seats that so they actually opened up a second theater. They had two showings at one time. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, you know, obviously some diehard, uh, Kerry Gilliam fans out there. Right. So, you know, and again, I, I, I why is it showing the, and like I said, the last movie didn't barely made it into the theater, like for, other than for one night, but you know, um, he's, it's kind of an art film. He's, he's a, he's an, you know, art, art an arty director kind of thing, you know, mm. like he's way out there, way beyond Tim Burton and that kind of thing stuff. not Definitely not mainstream, right? Yeah, definitely not. Which is a shame. Alright, right. let's move on to the watch list. Yeah, Finally.
4: Yeah, mine is a video on YouTube. Uh, what is this guy's channel? Uh, Jerry Builds Bricks. And he shows you how to build the NCC-1701D Enterprise, USS Enterprise, that is. Out of, uh, out of Lego bricks. And he's helpfully had a, um, a parts list. It's pretty extensive. There are uh, 96 kinds of parts with 350 Fifty-one bricks in total quantity for the large one. And he's also got a link to a smaller one, which uh, is really not that much smaller. If you ask me, it's Mm. still a hundred different kinds of parts with 284 bricks in total. So it's definitely for like an enthusiast or, you know, you want to spend a a very long afternoon putting this together. Uh, I think you can order all of these off of Lego's website pretty easily. So it's not like, oh no, I can't find (laughs) out of the big 500, you know, 500 piece tub that you get at Walmart. You're not going to be able to find it. You can get the specific pieces and colors that you want and I think he's helpfully identified each every little one
2: right yeah you know so I, I have a couple neat. of uh, kits that I wanted to get that I missed I, I, I eventually did get them but um, you know when I, I got a, a there are PDFs of Lego kits on online if you look and you can get the entire parts list and you can actually go and order every single one of these things from Lego and uh, by the time you add it up and, and figure out how much money you would spend to to get the bricks it costs you like three four times the, the cost of one of these kits you know, when you go, you know, the, the kits are like, you know, like, like take the, how much expensive is the Death Star or the, the X-Wing fighter? Very well, expensive, right?
3: The Death Star is $500 Canadian. Yeah. So. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's almost 4,000 pieces. It took uh, my sons and I mm-hmm. like three weeks to build. Right. Three weeks of every night yep. doing yep. it? Yep. Really? Yep. Now, yeah. to be fair, uh, my wife bought that for me as our 10th wedding anniversary gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so that would mean that my... My children were quite little at the time, so they weren't as helpful as they think they were. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So that may have actually been a handicap as opposed to a positive assist, but... Right, right. Yeah, no, they were involved. They, they did have a good time. We, we uh, yeah, we spent quite, quite a long time putting that together. All right. So what do you got for us? Uh, I have something interesting. So uh, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to look at this. So there is this documentary that has been uh, underway for quite a while about uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine and uh it had been you know uh, funded and they were going to make it and then they were going to release it and then they didn't release it and then they were going to go back and remaster it so all that to say this movie is finally going to be available so it is coming out for one night only in theaters i did was able to confirm today it is coming out in canada and the united states on the same day god finally something is um so may 13th monday may 13th you can go one night only and see this ds9 documentary called what we left behind uh and basically it's a look back at uh you know the impact and effect of uh of this series it has interviews with all the cast members creators writers um and uh and even i guess i'm i apparently it has some uh, look at what they if they were going to keep the series alive what they were going to do next with the characters and um there's a the trailer up online for it which we have in our show notes you can go and have a look um it looks really interesting and you know it definitely rekindled in me like i i know people who are sort of you know everybody has a, a thing for a different you know everybody has their own track uh, my track would probably still be tng but i think that is probably my second favorite series, and I know there are a lot of people who have different issues with it, but I liked that part of the um, Star Trek world that they went to that was seedier and darker because it was the first time they ever went there. Right? They would have little missions where they would go on an away mission to be like, "Ooh, this planet's dirty. Let's go back to our nice, clean ship." Um, these guys lived in it for seven years, and in there was you know war and conflict and racism and and you know avarice and and you know. You know culture's clash it had a lot to say about about politics and religion and uh, American culture. Obviously, it tied into the war stuff. Um, I, I really like that series a lot. There's a lot of good stuff that happened in that show, and so when I saw this trailer, it definitely rekindled in me like I, I want to see this. I want, I want to, I want to go back down memory lane with these guys. So uh, yeah. So as I say, one night only. It's coming May 13th. You can find it in uh, theaters, uh, and then it, I guess it's going to be released. Um, I, I don't. I think they had the uh an investment a, a kickstarter type campaign so i think people who were involved with that will get a copy first and then i don't know if it's going to end up on streaming platforms or if it's going to be available for download from something like the uh, uh the uh, itunes store or something like that but uh yeah it looks like it's really going to be worth a watch so cool yeah i mean
4: i know you're a big fan what are you what do you thinking about all this yeah i'm looking at this and i'm thinking okay i don't see the theater list because this is tickets are not available in not seeing anywhere no, it's hard to tell about
2: the united states sorry we forgot to mention that <laughs>
3: Okay, it's coming for one night only to Canada only. Screw you guys.
4: <laughs> uh, so I'm kind of wondering, like, you know, I'm sure there's going to be at least you know one theater in Seattle. I will probably be on a work trip, so I might need to check Portland theaters. So this is one I'm going to share with, with coworkers and see if I can convince a crew of people to, to go with me.
3: Yeah. And it's not. It's uh, it's two hours and 15 minutes, it says. Um, so this wow. is like a full on night at the movies. It's playing at seven o'clock uh, um, at, at a bunch of different theaters here. So, Yeah. I think it's cool
2: yeah you can get tickets if you want to come to canada <laughs> go to toronto did
3: you did you catch our uh, our episode from last week jaime we were talking about how we should have you up here for uh, uh we should apply for the uh the passes for uh fan expo and yeah and do the live show yeah and, you, and i, I saw the part cutout. about the
4: cardboard cutout that you can <laughs> <Yeah>. have. <laughs> bring along to the expo
3: yeah if you can't make it up here we're gonna we're gonna put in for a uh, life-sized uh, jaime lopez uh with the hair cardboard cutout bring him along to the show <laughs> and so so the only other thing that I added to the watch list is uh is Game of Thrones, which is a no brainer for duh. all of us. Yeah. I think yeah, I, I listed it as we're gonna well, Game of Thrones season eight, duh. uh obviously this is it. We're gonna get down to the last six episodes. Um, you know, uh who's gonna live, who's gonna die, how's it all gonna end? Are we all gonna be happy or are we all gonna be uh miserable at the end of it? I think, you know, the anticipation is it's gonna be a bit of a bloodbath. Um you guys
4: are, are, are equally psyched, I assume. Yep. I'm trying to remember how many episodes we're going to be in this um, truncated but longer episode season.
3: Yes, it's six episodes. And I think uh, they had the list of times. I think the first few episodes are like 60 minutes, and then a couple of them are 70 minutes, and then the last two, I think, are 90 minutes apiece. So it's essentially, it's more like an eight or nine episode season, but slammed into six episodes. It's going to seem like
2: it'll take forever to watch, yeah.
3: It's it's crazy to think, though, like after all this... you know it's been years i i i started watching the beginning of season two I, I caught up after season one i watched it on um on blu-ray or dvd and then started watching it regularly it's hard to believe that it is culminating and it, the six-week time frame does seem really short after all this build-up it's been two years since the last season and to think that it's going to be over in six weeks is both exciting and heartbreaking
2: yeah yeah and i and i, I can't imagine how they possibly live up to the hype and yet i do feel confident they will yeah it's funny a friend of mine said today he's, gonna, he's, he's deb- Debating whether to binge the whole thing like binge the whole season eight yeah except how do you not get spoiled for well, the next six is, weeks this is the thing you see, that, yeah.
3: you'd have to never go on social media and really avoid a lot of a lot of the internet because even mainstream sites are all over this yeah stuff.
2: it'll be on the news and all that kind of stuff too for sure
3: and also it'll be on spotcast so don't forget to tune in for true, that yeah
2: we'll have to talk about it yeah. Yeah. yeah it's pretty scary all right well I guess that's it for another week so hey Jaime if people want to get in touch with you where would they look I'm on Twitter as at Dev with the hair. All right, and Jonathan, if people want to get in touch with you. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at JPKNews. All right, my name is Timitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine is where you'll find me. Until next week, we'll see you in the future. Bye. Bye.
3: If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the SpockCast website at spockcast.com. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at SpockCast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskSpockCast. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash spockcast. You can find details on how to help us out on our website at spotcast.com slash
1: sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future.
3: The other thing i will bring back up is from last week uh-huh. i finished watching uh that, that show that show that show with those people it was so good and, and i completely thing? forgot the name of it uh big mouth the oh, the big one mouth. i was talking oh. about the the cartoon with the kids and the going through puberty yeah, and stuff yeah. like that on netflix yeah. it is awesome it is so worth a watch it is disgusting and, and hilariously over the top and super yeah, super even the funny
2: trailers like
3: whoa oh yeah no it's it's very very not uh you have to be comfortable with you know a lot of bi- biology Mm. but it is really super funny there's so many great uh performers and it oh god i just laughed so hard through that thing Mm. the the jokes about the uh facial hair of the average 13 year old made me laugh because i have one of those (laughs) (laughs) at one point the kid's parents are so sick of his sad little mustache they hold him down and wax his lip it's it's just oh really (laughs) it's
4: just i'm like
2: yep i hear it i'm there i'm right Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean how was england
4: how was england Uh, it was it was good um I was in Chester. That's in the like northern part of uh, of England, closer mm-hmm. to Manchester and, and Liverpool, and uh, so like very far away from London. For folks wondering about that, um, the conference Code Mobile was. Really, really cool. A lot of nice people. Very international kind of crowd, which was really kind of a nice uh, surprise for me. Mm-hmm. And the the city is more or less a sort of like college town for the University of Chester, which is where we were at for that um for that conference. There is pretty cool stuff. You can see the the walls and the and the uh, the castle pieces that still remain. And definitely feels like there's a lot of history there. Definitely feels a little bit like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, people were uh, as soon as the beers came out, everybody wanted to talk about brexit everybody had very strong opinions about american politics that were unprompted yeah. but uh, <laughs> you know. uh, i don't think uh, either of mind. you guys
3: should be bragging about your uh, your current leaders and the way things are being organized i don't think there's a lot there
4: yeah i told people like, do you want to swap because we can swap yeah yeah you're all this complaining out of you but i think it could be worse right <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> and uh, people were surprisingly open to my uh crazy beer idea of like well if things go wrong and you you actually leave the EU, you can get back with your ex and reform the empire with mm. America, and you can have. Uh, you know, we, we came up with like all sorts of different names, like you know Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez sort of thing. Benifer is like, no, <laughs> Great America is sort of tainted with the word Great. You can't call it american <laughs> Well, they want to make America. America great again. <laughs> yeah, and so we said, well, let's call it the Empire. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. which one's like, what are you talking about? The Empire, <laughs> the most powerful nation ever in this in this world's history, and uh, we, you know we will absorb canada we'll take australia new zealand south africa basically all the former commonwealth countries and then the key to the whole thing that that made me think like oh they're they're, they're culturally ready for this somebody said well what about india i was like oh i didn't even think about that but clearly you've thought about this before yeah so. did you get, <laughs> well, you get we'll, india and
3: we'll, pakistan back
4: yeah well, we'll we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it but in the meantime we've at least got a theme song and co-branding that we can work on with Disney uh on part of Disney Plus, for example. And uh, we can already have like a, a march, our, our flags already like the same color. So we'll find a way to combine it into one mega flag. <laughs> the, the stars and jacks, the union red, <laughs> the union red, red white, white and blue. blue, the union stars and stripe. Yeah, I don't know. You you got to come up with a, a new. See, that's also another one that needs a name in, like in the flag. In
3: the spirit of dyslexia, when you were talking about what it could be named, I was thinking in the spirit of the holy roman empire i think it could be the holy moron empire <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly think if you pitch that one to trump
2: right now he he might bite yeah he might think he came up with the idea yeah we it's have the greatest words.
3: empire it's the greatest empire we have
2: all the good emperor people in it we're
3: building the best death star we're building it, the great death star we're gonna use the space force to fill it yeah yeah well um we're gonna stay up here um and north of the wall and uh
4: hope that all goes all right. <laughs> Ha, 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 on brand, on theme. With uh, wh- What is the actual time for Game of Thrones? Nine o'clock on Sunday. Nine o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. If it's nine, can I wonder if it's six TM p.m. PM it? for us. I, guess I, 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 I know it's
3: it. nine. I don't know if it's if, if they do time splitting or if they just air it all at the same time. Will it'll be on the on
2: the uh, tm but, and go app right away. Or
3: yes, yeah, it'll be. You can watch it live. They have because you can watch through Crave now. You can watch Crave. You can watch that live I don't know
2: now. If I get. I have Crave, but I don't know if I get the the HBO stuff for free for my, with my pack. Is there like a Crave or something?
3: Say, yeah, so there's two versions of Crave. There's basically Crave, and then there's Crave, which is like the Crave I don't know, Prime or Premier or whatever mm-hmm. that has. If you have that subscription, you get to keep that subscription. But I, I swear that... that, that um crave has that in it now like i thought that that was across the board no, I, that crave had had the hbo stuff so no, like
2: cause some of the things i still have to use you know another way of looking at it if you know what i'm trying to say
3: yeah yeah no I, I appreciate that but yeah i don't know again i know that um i looked the other day because i wanted to watch uh it was on sunday night that just passed so a couple of my favorite uh hbo shows are back for seasons so veep is doing its final season right now on sunday nights uh the final season of that series and then barry uh season two just started a couple weeks ago um and by sunday nights i'm usually like oh, i'll go to bed but i can watch it on my ipad just like lying in bed um streaming it live through the the crave app mm-hmm. which is great it's very convenient
2: cool all right well i have to get going because i'm tired and <laughs> stuff <tough>. i hear <laughs> you yeah. cool all right so i guess we'll uh, call it a day thank you all right, big episode next week, final episode of Trek
3: and Game yep. of Thrones. Very exciting. Think
2: somebody dies in the first episode of
3: Game of Thrones? Think they well, a friend of mine
2: was tweeting that he just started watching the Game of Thrones with his, with his, I guess, his son or whatever to get caught up. And he says, I was having such a hard time following all the names in the Game of Thrones in, in the first episode. And he said, but then half of them died. So I guess it's not important to remember the names of people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It does come yeah. around. All right. See ya.